Welcome home, modern mystic, to the place where your soul-seeking journey will never feel lonely again. Welcome to the place where wonder and awe are an everyday occurrence, where transformation and alchemy are the name of the game, and where you always leave more empowered and expanded than you were when you came. I'm Haley Winter, and I invite you to meet me here at the bridge where science, psychology, and spirituality merge, and together we'll explore the magic and mystery of this human experience. This is your guide to the universe. If you're anything like me, then your relationship with marketing and especially with social media is probably pretty conflicted. Social media is sometimes a really challenging place to be, especially if you are a business owner and a spiritual or soulful business owner at that. You know, as spiritual soul-centered people, we tend to be even more connected to and affected by the environment on social media more so than other types of people, right? And that can make it really challenging to show up consistently and to really use social media as a platform that enhances the magic that you're putting out into the world through your business and enhances the way that you're able to deliver your medicine out there. It can be really, really challenging. And if this is something that you have struggled with, this episode is going to be some serious soul medicine for you. On today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of chatting with Allison Canales, who is a spiritual marketing strategist, and her approach to marketing and to social media and to being in the online space in general is an absolute breath of fresh air. And this conversation really helped me to reassess and reevaluate and revamp my approach to social media, which really has been a love-hate relationship, and start to bring more soul into it, bring more intention into it, and feel better about it in general, rather than feeling like it's something that I have to do or something that is such a drain, you know? So I encourage you to get cozy for this episode. And grab your journal and a pen so that you can really take note of the insights that come up for you as you're listening to Allison talk about how she approaches social media, both in her own social media practice and in her work that she does with her six-figure, seven-figure spiritual entrepreneur clients. So without much further ado, buckle up because this one is about to change your social media game. Okay, Allison, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I would love to jump right in and just have you introduce yourself to us. Tell us all about you and what you do in the world, the impact that you make, how you started, your journey. I want to hear all the things. Mm, Yeah, I'm so excited and honored to be with you and share this space today. Um, So my name is Allison Canales, and I'm a spiritual marketing strategist, um, as well as a virtual assistant and social media manager. Uh, I really am lit up about spiritual marketing and helping conscious businesses and conscious leaders that are wanting to leave a legacy um, with their mission that for them, it's not just about 
the money, although that's an important aspect, but really has, you know, medicine to share with this world that feels really important to me. And I find that this is really important and a common thing that I saw. I used to be a business coach and I was a really, I had a very successful um, coaching business. And I realized I, the biggest piece of the business coaching that I really enjoyed was the marketing aspect. And I really see that with a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs, healers, um, businesses, it can be quite challenging at times to formulate into marketing what exactly they do and um, how that translates when so much of that spiritual journey is energy or it's hard to articulate exactly how that is, um, you know, translated, you know, to, yeah, into marketing or into copy or into actual tangible results. And I realized I had a big gift with this um, when I used to run a coaching business. And I had a lot of my friends that were healers and life coaches or feminine embodiment coaches would often come to me when they were doing launches and would always ask me, can you, can you check over this? Can you, does this make sense? Um, is this too fluffy or is this too airy fairy? And it would really excite me and light me up to kind of to find a way that their marketing still is true to them. Because oftentimes I think with marketing, it, we can either go onto the side where it's very airy fairy, it's very fluffy and people just don't really understand what exactly that person is, is doing yeah. as much as the medicine and that, you know, yeah, whatever they're offering is so beautiful. Or on the other side, um, spiritual marketer or yes, yeah, spiritual leaders can get very stuck into like marketing that like doesn't allow room for their expression where it like boxes themselves into these rules that you're supposed to post this many times a day and it has to be formulated like that. And I found quite quickly that I have a gift of blending that union of staying true to their expression and honoring their spirituality, honoring, you know, people's flow and the energetics and also ensuring that it does translate and that it can land um, for people without having to box people into those, into those rules. So I was doing a lot of, I still am a social media manager for a lot of really big names in the industry for a lot of six, um, multiple six figure, seven figure um, coaches in the industry. I run a lot of their content and have their social media managers um, answer to me. And I started to kind of see just more themes of this kind of coming into place of that I had a, yeah, I had a real gift for the embodiment piece of someone's message, the overall visuals, and then the overall strategy. And how does this all blend together in a way that the marketing is ethical, in a way that we can approach social media from a nourishing place? Because I think that's a very common thing that I see, especially nowadays of no one's seeing my stuff, Instagram feels dead, I have to do this, and it can feel quite draining um, and overwhelming. And it's really my intention that we approach social media in a nourishing way for the clients on the other end of our experience to feel safe and the tactics that we're using aren't manipulative and not re-traumatizing people and also for the leader or the entrepreneur or the business owner for their marketing to feel nourishing to their soul where it doesn't um, take them beyond their nervous system's capacity where they're having to force themselves into a box or 
marketing rules that, you know, suck the life out of them and also still create sales. Uh, so that's kind of how I got started in it. Um, yeah, I was, I've had many iterations of my business. I've been a, I started in this work as an Ayurvedic wellness practitioner. And wow. then I moved into feminine embodiment and womb work. Um, and those businesses did really well. And then I was a business coach. Um, and then I took a year and a half off to see kind of what was coming and what landed is that I really, really love the marketing piece because to me, marketing is not necessarily, the end goal isn't necessarily about always making a sale. It's about building genuine connections. It's about sharing medicine. It's about um, for the leader itself to really own more of their, their expression. Um, you know, the so that's kind of where it landed for me. And I really am lit up about the work that I do because I think when we think of marketing, we think of sometimes it tends to be overwhelming or we tend to like, oh, it's not working. It just it feels like a clunky relationship. And my intention with everyone that works with me to, you know, kind of land in a place where marketing feels really good to them. And um, to fall in love with marketing, because I feel like it is such a sacred practice. And there's so many leaders in this world that have so many gifts, um, especially in this online space. And I really want them to have the tools for more medicine to be reached, because that's, you know, when more people can, you know, are generating sales, um, you know, especially conscious entrepreneurs, like the world just gets better. People are, you know, people are healing. So getting good marketing practices in the hands of healers and spiritual entrepreneurs, um, I see as a greater service to humanity and the collective. Oh my gosh. This is so amazing. I'm like, my mind is going a million miles a minute. I, in my past life, I was a copywriter and I worked with spiritual entrepreneurs. So I'm like a big nerd about this too. Um, but I just, I love everything that you just said. I mean, we could, we could end the episode here. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was so amazing, but I love, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. So one thing that you said that immediately like jumped out at me was your approach to social media and like wanting to make social media and marketing a sacred practice and social media being a nourishing place. And I feel like that's so huge because especially nowadays, I feel like, and and I'm mainly on Instagram. That's kind of my platform, but a lot of times it feels like a drain. Like you were saying, it's, it's almost like a burden, but even just hearing you talk about the way that you approach this with your clients around kind of using this marketing piece as a sacred practice and as an expression of their medicine, like right away, I was like, Oh, that's a breath of fresh air just to, you know, to hear that. Could you talk a little bit more about, I guess, what your experience is with making that shift from social media being a draining place to being a nourishing place and like marketing as a sacred practice? I would, I would love to just hear you riff on what that's yeah. about. Yeah, I love to riff. I'm um, like a channel and intuitive. So a lot of the things um, kind of come together. And it's one of the reasons why I started my marketing agency, which is, you know, nourished media, because it feels this idea of nourishment like yourself when you hear that. And I started to notice there was a theme of 
that approach, if we approach social media from a nourishing place and this idea of it being a nourishing tool rather than something that takes from us, a lot of people were like, ah, yes, this is what I've been desiring. This is what I've been craving. Um, and I was just seeing a lot of themes like yourself and for myself where I, you know, especially if you run an online business, it, it could be this like frustrating thing where you're like, ugh, I have to show up and I have to do these things and the, just a lot of consuming and a lot of, now I have to write this content and this pressure for it to perform and this pressure for it to be good and I'm afraid to get it wrong. It's like, even as I'm saying it, um, this, these are the things I hear all the time from people. Um, and especially having done social media management for so many years, there was also this theme with a lot of leaders where, um, what's the word? People, leaders were finding it challenging to find good social media managers that understood that there's an art to marketing from a coaching standpoint rather than other businesses. There, It's, a, it's an industry that um, requires a certain level of energetic understanding um, and a unique marketing approach. So I started to notice this in myself. This kind of awakened for me when I had my business coaching um, where I was, I was launching a program and I was starting to just feel feel resentful of having to show up on Instagram. That's always been my platform as well. I, I love, love, love Instagram. But I was at that point, I was like starting to feel like really like to think about it. Instagram and I were having like an unhealthy, abusive, toxic relationship. You know, yeah. and like maybe all of my social media was like that, where I felt like a lot of the times when I was writing content, um, I needed it to be good. And I needed people to really like it. And I needed it, obviously, to perform well from a place of, I want my followers and I want people to validate me that what I'm doing is good. And it became very, very unhealthy where this desire to be seen was very egoic. And I found that I was having, that any time that I would go to write content, I felt this immense pressure to perform into to be a certain way in order for it to work or this like, well, what are, you know, what do my followers necessarily want from me instead of like, how do I desire to express this, even though sometimes it didn't make sense. And I'm not recommending doing this because I took a year and a half off. And this is why now I work in this space, because I think what often happens is people are just like, I need to take time off from social media, which I'm all for. I think like weekend deep detoxes and, you know, actually putting things in place, you know, like myself in the current iteration of my relationship to social media, I have really strict hours of when I'm on social media. Um, I drop into intention of what am I seeking in this moment? Am I seeking to connect? Um, is that something that I'm wanting is that social media can give me like just really asking myself those, those questions. Cause I find that, you know, let's take Instagram. Um, and this can be, you know, for Facebook or whatever it is. I think most leaders use Instagram and Facebook and email marketing is a bit different because you're not scrolling, right? It's the right. scroll that gets people. Um, but having a really intentional practice to it of why am I showing up here? What's the, yeah, really asking myself, what's the intention? And I started experimenting when I started this business 
I started experimenting with, I would like to note that when we're marketing, there is an importance of creating consistency, but it's not the kind of consistency that I think a lot of people think of. I really believe in cyclical consistency. And especially if you identify as a woman or you bleed, because not all women bleed, um, and you tune into those kind of cyclic rhythms. Um, But this can be for all humans, where there is like a consistency and a rhythm. And I've noticed this within myself of my relationship to social media is where sometimes I'm in a winter phase where some of the posts are more poetic. And then I'm in like a summer phase where there's a bit more fire and there's a bit more boldness to my marketing and honoring that sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to post maybe for a few days and that's perfectly okay. So I think when I think of nourishing marketing and a nourishing approach to marketing, I acknowledge my nervous system because I do not have the capacity at this point, nor I don't think I ever did. It was definitely overriding my system at the beginning of my business to perform seven days a week and make sure something was going out seven days a week. and it was causing me to feel a lot of pressure, um, especially when I was kind of going through these, like all of my posts need to fit into these content pillars. And I felt like there was no room to actually really express myself um, as a human beyond my business. So when I think of, yeah, approaching marketing from a nourishing place, I think of intention. I think of what my nervous system has the capacity for. So at the start of the month, um, when I kind of like visualize and map everything out, I think of what are the things that I have the capacity for? And then what's the growth edge beyond that? You know, for example, I've been in a lot of trauma recovery this year. So if I think about posting, you know, a ton of reels every week, that's not necessarily work for my system. I know a lot of people that that does work for. And for me, my content actually has performed higher doing other things rather than reels, which is like kind of funny of, you know, the day and age of social media. And I look at what, you know, what are my intentions and also what is my growth edge? Um, So maybe doing like three or five reels this month and might is a growth edge for me, but it's not too much out of my capacity where it feels overwhelming. And that's a lot of the times when I work with clients one-on-one, we create a strategic marketing plan that works with their soul, with that works with their body and also look at, okay, how can we still honor that need for safety? Because the thing is, when we think of marketing, um, there's a difference from visibility and there's a difference from being seen. You could post, yeah, you could post seven days a week and post everything. And that's, yeah, that creates a lot of visibility, which is great. And I know that a lot of solopreneurs, um, the reason, you know, the root of the reason why we want our content to be seen is because we want to be seen, you know, we really want to be seen in our medicine. And this is something that I think, you know, just as we're, you know, we're approaching any marketing or any kind of social media is we want to be seen, we want to be heard, and we want to feel loved, you know, we want to feel appreciated, we want to feel like the things that we're putting out in the world really, yeah, truly do matter. So that there's that difference of being visible, you could post whatever you wanted, five days a week, seven days a week, you could just like post, post, post. 
But being seen and creating content that is really like channeling from your heart is, you know, there's a level of vulnerability to that. And if you have any sort of trauma, if you have any wounds around being seen, that's going to cause your nervous system to be a little bit activated. Um, and you don't want to extend too much beyond that because what I've often noticed is then people kind of go into this crash and burn and they get really overwhelmed and then they don't want to show up. And then I feel called kind of, out. Yeah. They feel, <laughs> oh girl, girl, this is me for the longest time. So it's like, what is that edge where we work with the nervous system in our marketing, where we, um, we're, we're growing just beyond the edge. We're acknowledging our need for safety. We're acknowledging where it's just going to grow us a little bit more. And I've been doing this with a lot of my clients where it's like, okay, this month, this was the plan and this was the growth edge. And how did it feel? And we create space for the emotional hangover. And we also notice the evidence of like, that felt so good to be seen in that way. So when I think of approaching social media from a sacred place, it's really honoring the soul's needs. It's also honoring the growth edge, um, just enough where we still have safety because I, you know, when we're thinking of approaching from like an ethical place or trauma informed, um, marketing, even it also involves ourselves. And I think that's sometimes what we think about there's, it's become trendy to be like ethical marketing and trauma informed marketing. Um, and that also includes ourselves in the process. It's not just on the other side. So it's a consensual relationship with ourselves and the followers and all of the people that are engaging with our stuff. It's, um, yeah, it's so that both of our nervous systems create a, a co-regulated nervous system. So that, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And I have so many more too. I'm just, I'm obsessed with mm-hmm. all of this. I love, I mean, there's so many themes that are coming through for me with this. So I, first of all, there's this amazing balance coming through for me with everything that you're saying between like the strategy piece and the intuitive piece. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love this. I'm big on like the union of paradoxes, you know, like the that aspect of duality and polarity and how those things can come together to like create something really beautiful. And I think that this nourishing approach and sacred approach to social media is just such a perfect example of that principle in action here because you're talking about, you know, being strategic and having this growth edge and still kind of pushing yourself in a way while allowing that intuitive flow and allowing yourself to honor your own needs in the process, which is just so beautiful. So amazing. I'm like, I personally am like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to rethink how I've been doing social media just from hearing that because it's, you know, I feel like that's something that's kind of gotten lost. And this is where the other aspect of balance is coming through for me too, is I love how you place that emphasis on the self and like on your soul's needs and your body's needs and getting in touch with your nervous system and what feels safe and where's your growth edge. Because, you know, a lot of ethical marketing nowadays, like a trend that I've seen and that I saw a lot in the copywriting world was, you know, you don't matter. What does your audience want? What does your ideal client want? And I think that there's a balance there. Like those are two, there's two very different sides of the pendulum swing. There's the completely like me focused, I focused, this is my self-expression and it's all about me. And I don't care about my followers. 
And then there's, I don't care about me at all. I am not on my priority list in any capacity. And this is all about what my followers want for me. And then there's that happy medium, that place of reciprocity, which was what was really coming through for me in the way that you were describing this around, you know, showing up with intention and what do you want to give? And also what do you want to receive from your use of social media, which is just huge. And I think it's, it's okay to have like a relationship with social media where you're allowing yourself to receive from it. And in fact, I feel like that might be at least a solution to this drain that so many of us feel around social media. If it's, if, you know, we're only showing up and we're expending all this energy to create, 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 and we're not allowing ourselves to intentionally receive from that experience as well, of course, we're going to feel drained. But it's amazing to think that there's an opportunity for that too. And that reminds me of another thing you said that just blew my mind. I mean, like everything you said blew my mind, (laughs) but like talking about understanding your relationship with social media, like Mm -hmm. I thought about that. I was like, wow, it is, it's a relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. and what is that like? What is the relationship like and how can it shift? And I feel like it just comes alive in a new way. Like there's a new sense of aliveness around the concept of social media when you add in that relational aspect and you understand that like that is something that you have a relationship with. What do you want it to look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many pieces there. Yeah. Cause it is a relationship. Right. And I think that some of the reason why it feels draining is because One, let's just acknowledge that social media can be addictive. I definitely Mm -hmm. have my own relationship with it where I'm often on there not to be intentional, but to just numb out. And that's why it can often feel draining for me. And like I said, like I have really firm boundaries with myself and getting better each day because it's a practice of asking myself, you know, I've been probably scrolling on here for a bit. What am I actually, you know, what am I actually doing on here? Like what's this and how do I want it to feel? Um, you know, when I'm on social media or just like my marketing in general, like what's the vibe, you know, how do I want to feel? I kind of think of it, you know, like when a lot of many mindset coaches talk about, you know, your relationship with money, if you're constantly talking about money's not here and money's like this, it's like, well, also how are we thinking about Instagram? Instagram algorithm is never showing my stuff and we're constantly you let I mean I am also a data person I do like I love data and I am nerdy when it comes to that especially because I run a lot of like content direct for a lot of big business owners that I have to have knowledge about the actual tech aspect of the apps that we're using so I'd like to acknowledge yes there is something to be said that there is an algorithm however if you're a spiritual entrepreneur your energy is also really an important factor of that. And I have noticed that when we can build this healthier relationship to constantly not ragging on the algorithm and start actually being very, yeah, intentional. Like, you know, I've seen it a lot with a lot of, uh, you know, two clients in particular come to mind. Both of them are like, I don't want to do reels. I don't want to touch reels. It's just not my thing. And I'm using reels as an example. I, I love them. Um, 
uh, they work for a lot of my clients. And I just want to use them as an example because I have, you know, I hear a lot of people say like, I don't want to do them. They don't feel in alignment to me. We test them out sometimes um, because I do think that they, you know, it isn't important. But overall, some of the clients don't use them and they've had significant growth in other ways. Um, we've worked a lot of their energy. We've worked a lot of their mindset. We've worked in a lot of other avenues. Um, yeah, I think one client when we first started in October, she was around 11,000 followers and she got up to 14,000 in a couple months. And that was like not doing a lot of what you're supposed to do. And I'm just saying that because sometimes we think that there's a set of rules that we have to follow. And this is kind of when we fall into, there's nothing wrong with mainstream marketing. It works really well for some people, but my audience are people that are spiritual and people that are just not, we're not made to do the checklist of do this box and do this box. It, it can work for a little season, but it's not a long-term sustainable practice. Um, and I think, you know, when you were speaking, one of the things that was coming to mind is that union of, yes, yeah, strategy and the energetics. And a lot of that is, you know, masculine and feminine or, you know, just to be conscious of people that um, can find those words not inclusive. It's yin or yang or like solar and lunar energy. For the context of this conversation, I'll say masculine and feminine energy because that feels second nature, but um, they're not about gender. So I just want to make sure that that feels inclusive to people. But what I often see is, like you said, people can go very on that one side or there. I'm just going to post whenever I want, and it's going to be all poetic and airy fairy, and it's just going to be all about me. And I'm going to like kind of ghost my followers. And like, it's very, it's very just in flow. And I love flow. But when flow doesn't have a structure, it's very chaotic. Um, and I often have people come to me and they're like, I'm just not making sales. And But there's something to be said. If you're constantly dipping out, the business doesn't have a sense of rootedness or anchoredness. And if we think about a lot of people that are wanting to buy, they want to feel a sense of security and safety in that, right? They want to feel like they can be held. But if there's no actual holding um, that's showing up, that's being translated throughout your marketing or your leadership, oftentimes people will not buy. Um, oh. The kind of same, like, this is a theme I see with just, and I love these because, like, I am like this and I create space for this. Um, in, in how I post, I will sometimes post poems, but it's not my whole it's not my whole social media practice because if I constantly was writing very poetic and airy fairy, people would be like, this is inspiring or this is really good, but they're not going to be, they're not going to want to buy. Like they're just going to be left kind of like, mm, this is beautiful, but they're not going to be um, held to take action. But on the other side, it can be very, this is what needs to be done. It needs to be posted at these times and these are the rules to it. And it can be like very hardened, rigid, masculine energy and we need both right we need we need the strategy and we need the energetics it's not just you know <laughs> I think something that sometimes we can think of in the world I work with a lot of feminine essence beings and one of the things is like that I've seen is like we can't just like always um sex magic or orgasm our way to you know <laughs> like a six-figure business like those are those are parts of it that would be rad is, 
That would be, I love that. I'd be like, I, sh- I mean, I'd be like a millionaire by now if that was, if it was as simple as that. I think most of oh us would God. love that strategy, but there has to be some strategicness and some structure. And I think that when we think of structure, we get afraid because we think we're going to have to be locked into a box, but it's a union of both. And when we can really find a strategy that works with our soul and kind of deepen into alignment, this is when the business starts to move. This is when we can hone into our marketing voice because it is an art. Like I think anyone that's first starting their business, you know, I'm sure as you've experienced as a copywriter, it's like people can have a challenging time honing into their voice. It can be a lot of, you know, mimicking other people's styles or like, I often see like people are like, oh, I really love their work or they're inspired by their coach's work. So we'll start mimicking their voice. But you know, marketing is such an artful expression of like, the more that you deepen in to your full range of expression, the more people can feel your medicine. And I think that that's what people are really in the realm of spiritual entrepreneurship and, you know, people that are really like soul aligned, people want to feel you like people they're so, and let's just acknowledge there's a lot of coaches in this space right now. So And that's not to detour you. It's like, how can you root really into yourself? Because yeah, there's lots of life coaches. There's lots of sex coaches. There's lots of business coaches. And the thing is, a lot of us are saying the same thing, but people are going to want to come to you because of your essence. So honing in on your voice, becoming more of you and that blend of, yeah, what what are your people needing? And also what is the way that your soul is desiring to express itself? Um, There's... Yeah, it's a very art. It's an artistry. And that's kind of how I started my Instagram and approaching my Instagram with this idea of like everything is artistry and there's no art that's necessarily wrong or right. Like, I mean, there's some art pieces that I would never pay a million dollars for, but some people do. So it's just like, how can you become more rooted in your artistry? And that's going to allow people to feel you more and be attracted to your essence and um, yeah, feel, yeah, feel that energetic pull into your, into your medicine, essentially. Right. Well, and I think that that speaks so much to kind of what I'm discerning as almost the core, at least a part of the core of your philosophy around this and your approach to this, which is so beautiful, which is bringing that connection piece back into marketing back Mm -hmm. into social media. And if we think about social media, like that word social, Mm -hmm. the connection, you know, is, is meant to be there at least once upon a time, that's what it was for. And over the last, oh my God, how long has it been since social media has has been a thing? I feel like I got an Instagram in like 2012, you know, it's been like a decade (laughs) and a lot has changed. It's become a completely different space. But I feel like, especially now during these times, people crave connection. Mm -hmm. And if they can't connect with you, if they can't feel you, like you were saying on a deeper level, they're not going to buy from you. You know, there are so many ways that people can spend their money right now. And it's so easy to do with the world at our fingertips. And I feel like that is the missing piece in a lot of cases is can they feel you? Can they connect with you? And I, I just love that that is such a huge part of what you bring into 
the space. It feels like soul medicine. Like right now I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I can feel my relationship to Instagram healing. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. is amazing. And the other thing that I love too about all this, and it kind of goes back to that balance between the intuition and the strategy piece that um, masculine, feminine, yin, yang, lunar, mm-hmm. solar balance um, is this, I love the term you used too. You said cyclical consistency. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> amazing. Cause I, I, I'm a big, like tuning in with the cycle person. Mm-hmm. Cycle alignment is critical for me in my life, in my business. And this idea of aligning with social media in a way that's consistent in that cyclical way. Oh my gosh. I mean, talk about an embodied approach to social media. That is absolutely incredible. Mm, yeah. Cause it is. Cause I think that a common theme that I saw when I was business coaching as a feminine, like business coach, where I would work with a lot of, you know, feminine essence leaders and we just operate so differently. I mean, I don't think I've met one friend of mine um, or leader that, unless they have a team, like, you know, for example, since I content direct for, you know, seven figure business owners, there does, there is content that goes out seven days a week. Right. However, at the beginning, or if you don't have a team to support you, not a lot of us can generate seven days of content or even five days of content. Um, and some of us can, but some of that goes in seasons. Like I've, there, there's definitely been times where I'm like for the month, um, maybe I'm like, yeah, I'm really feeling this. And then I'm like, hmm, maybe not anymore. So it's like, there's cyclical consistency. Like, let's just acknowledge if you do bleed, you're going to have your inner cycles that you're working with. And then also the cycles of life too, right? Like um, the seasons, even just like where you are in the world that can affect things. Like if, you know, it's been the winter, I live in Canada and it's been the winter. So it's like, things are a little bit more slow moving. I write a lot more content in the summer. I've noticed that I'm a lot more inspired. It feels a lot more inspiring. And then also let's take into account the cycles of life we're in. I mean, it might be winter, but you might be in a summer month. So it's like, yeah, like you said, that relationship with our body and just having that conversation with ourselves. And, but it also, you know, yeah, it's that balance where it's like, we're not just ghosting all the time. And that's, it's, it's not just posting when we want, um, necessarily, especially at the beginning stages, or even if you don't have consistent income coming in, there has to be a middle ground of an, a marriage of devotion and discipline. So can we approach our social media from a place? And that's kind of, again, the feminine and the masculine, that devotion, um, that feminine, and also a discipline, because, you know, the energetics of when they come together, it is union. If I just all of a sudden was like, I'm just gonna show up whenever I feel good, then I'm also telling myself the content that I write and the energy that I bring when I'm in a shadow period isn't good. It's bad. It's wrong. That's still medicine. You don't have to be in high vibe all the time for your content to be incredible like that's not like that's not a thing and I think that oftentimes it's what I see especially as women we have a really hard time feeling ourselves and that's why this embodiment piece and the soul piece is so important because we make it wrong you know when we're going through like a shadow period or we're not feeling as good 
you know, we often tell ourselves like, no one's going to want this. And there's a difference of, I need rest and I actually do need time away. And, um, it's also having, again, awareness of our nervous systems. Am mm. I in freeze? Am I in, am I starting to avoid, am I like collapsing in on myself and like just going into a hole and like, you know, like no one wants to see my content or no one, whatever I'm writing isn't good. And this is the piece where kind of reiterating that's like, sometimes the longer that you kind of go in those periods where you're telling yourself that the vibe that you're in is you can't write good content in, it becomes kind of challenging to come back and start writing content. And you're like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it in a few weeks from now. And then it just becomes like this pressure of like, now the next post, when I like post after a few weeks, it has to be so good or I have to explain to people. So I think that's also important to acknowledge there's that cyclic energy of, yeah, sometimes you're going to go through rest periods and having the discernment and the emotional intelligence and awareness is like the content when you're like in a kind of, when you're in a time in your life where maybe things are a little bit more challenging, your content still can be good. You don't have to be in high vibe to manifest clients. I have written, I've actually had more money come in when my life has been like a mess behind the scenes, but I'm just staying in integrity with myself and, you know, emotionally moving things. And I think that, yeah, that's important to note. Cause I think that we often get of like, people don't want this, that doesn't necessarily mean you're, you know, like airing all of the things that's going on in your life. Um, but I think that one thing that comes to mind is a lot of my clients or people are like, yeah, I just don't want that energy to be in the post. You know, I don't like, I don't want that to be the vibe, but then we're making it that that energy is wrong. And really it's about wholeness. You know, it's about light and dark. The shadow isn't, the shadow isn't bad necessarily. Um, It's when we're judging it. So there's not necessarily a vibe that you can write in. That's going to be a bad vibe. Obviously, if you're writing from a place of feeling very triggered and it's like manipulative, it's like, okay, maybe we'll take a look at that. But I think that that's also important when we're thinking of cyclic consistency. It's, again, having honest conversations with ourselves. um, And that can be hard. Yeah, that can be challenging to do alone. Um, You know, it requires honest yeah, it requires dis- yeah, a little bit of discipline. And for, I think the longest time I really didn't like that word discipline. It felt, it felt yucky to me. And now the more that I've leaned into devotion to discipline, because it's not about you and it's not necessarily about your clients either. It's like you said, it's this middle ground to your dharma. It's your middle ground to your medicine. It's not necessarily always showing up for you because there's going to be times where you don't want to show up. I, you're human. And it's not necessarily also creating a codependent relationship with your followers where they need to feed you validation. It's you're showing up for your medicine. You're showing up for your gift. You know, I know each person listening right now has a gift that they are meant to share with the world. And so if you can kind of bring that devotion and discipline to the gift itself, um, your vision starts to hold you instead of having this pressure constantly where you have to hold the vision. Because if you're constantly holding the vision Yes, this is important, but there's a medicine that happens when the vision starts to hold you and it things become a lot easier. Oh my gosh. This is so <laughs> huge. Seriously, like and especially in the coaching space and double especially in the spiritual space, like whether you're a coach or not, if you're kind of in the spiritual business space, 
I feel like there's so much pressure to kind of show up high vibe all the time. And, you know, it, it's like that highlight reel aspect of Instagram in particular is almost amplified. I feel like in a lot of ways in the spiritual space, because I don't know, I'm trying to give words to this, like feeling that I felt at this point that I'm now just kind of becoming aware of where it's like, you know, are people going to really want to work with me as, you know, a coach or someone in the spiritual space, if I post something that isn't, you know, quote high vibe, Mm -hmm. but I'm right there with you in terms of, you know, the shadows Mm -hmm. and the shadow itself as like an archetype in our consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. It's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And in fact, I think sharing those shadows has a lot of power. It has a lot of connective power. And I think that can really help to heal like the influencer wound, I guess I'll call it, that is huge on the Instagram space and in social media right now around like, you know, that highlight reel Mm -hmm. aspect and like feeling almost unattainable and unrelatable. And it's like, Mm -hmm. as, as a helping professional, as a coach, as a healer, whatever it is, you know, are people really going to want to work with you if they can't relate to you at all? If they feel like you and your energy and the way that you live your life are completely unattainable to them, like maybe they'll follow you because of hashtag goals, Mm -hmm. but are they really going to feel safe connecting with you? And I think that sharing those shadows and kind of showing up in that energy and, and being authentic in that way can really help heal that and create that sense of safety. And I know that I found this to be the case as well, where like when I share something, when I'm in a darker phase, I almost get like more connection with those shares than I do with the super quote high vibe Mm -hmm. type posts, which is really, really interesting to think about. And I like how you said too, there's a difference between like needing rest and Mm -hmm avoiding showing up because you're afraid that it's not going to be good because you're in a shadow period. Mm-hmm. And that like physical discernment, that somatic discernment is so important there, but I just like I think this is so huge and such an important message for all soulpreneurs to really allow to integrate. I know like I'm I am like taking this in waves right now. I'm going to be integrating this for a hot minute. Yay. Yeah. It's so, because I feel like when I've seen this happen before, when people start making the shift, it just feels so much easier. It just feels so much easier. Marketing feels easier. Just everything starts to feel easier. And it is that kind of medicine of revealing your heart. And there's an art to it. Like, you know, for example, um, I'm sure when this airs, I'll kind of, I've already been, sh- you know, have shared my piece around it, but I've been moving through a separation with my partner and I kind of, I didn't outright say it on my Instagram, um, but I like noted I've been moving through something and these are the ways that I've been taking care of myself and I've been, you know, slowing down and in a few weeks time or in a month's time when the s- when it's like a scar, not an open wound, then I will share it because that is also important to consider is sometimes I think I've also seen it on the other side where it's like people just are like 
sharing from these like very open wounds. And then it becomes, again, like social media can become a place to process rather than a place where you're actually ready to share something. And so there's an art to it, right? But there is also an importance of like, hey, I'm human too. I'm human too, right? Um, and my... I don't know if you're familiar with the gene keys, but my like yeah. whole life purpose, my gene key is about leadership and kind of dismantling hierarchy. And cause this is often sometimes I see too, is like we follow leaders and it feels still like a triangle. Oh my God, they have so many followers and I love them. Even when we hire coaches, right? Like uh, this, like save me or like, oh my God, they're perfect aspect. And no one is perfect. Like, um, no, no coach is perfect. Everyone has their shit. Everyone makes a mistake. Um, you know, I've been behind the scenes of a lot of people and it's like, everyone is so, so human. That's not necessarily meaning that you're going to be like, here's everything behind the scenes of what the heck is going on in my life. But it's also giving yourself permission to just you, you're allowed to be vulnerable um, that feels consensual to you. There's an art to it, right? And like, as I'm saying this, it's like, it's starting to kind of find those, yeah, what that artful practice is for you. But it is important because when we're thinking of leadership, I think a lot of what's kind of changing is it's not about this hierarchy. It's about this circular le- leadership. It's about regenerative um, leadership. It's about you know, sustainability. It's just about consensualness and intimacy and all of these different pieces where when we're thinking of leadership, um, it's not leadership isn't about perfection and yeah. we don't need to be perfect in order to change people's lives. Um, I'm certainly not to any degree and no one is and that's okay. And that's why it's like that piece around like, you know, I think that we think we're unworthy of making money when we're going through a hard time. So we oftentimes, um, yeah, have a hard time, a challenging time showing up. Like I said, there's a difference from being visible and difference from being seen. And that art of revealing your medicine, it's definitely kind of tugs on that wound of being seen because a lot of us have you know I think a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs often have felt like the black sheep so that Mm -hmm. wound of not being seen can feel very challenging at times because um it's something that we never really felt as children as well like that's the thing when I think of marketing like I like when I start talking about this because marketing is so much deeper than how we think it is um it is such a spiritual relationship um, and when we kind of start getting this piece into an aligned place, this is when I've seen people's businesses really, yeah, really accelerate. You know, I, I have a girlfriend, she comes to mind, she's always had her offers really laid out. And, you know, one of the pieces is that it was an energetic thing where I, you know, I'd go back and forth. I'm like, I just don't feel you in this. Like I, like the words are so beautiful and it's correct. Like technically all right the way that you're supposed to do this and I don't feel you like I and I want to feel you like why am I going to come to you for this and sometimes it's about this energeticness of how we can reveal more to ourselves if we want our clients to feel us that it's an invitation for us to feel us more and that's why that embodiment piece and that energetic work is so important it's uh yeah it's the marriage of strategy and um and energetics always yeah totally well and that energetic aspect, 
you know, I feel like sometimes a lot of the time it's not really acknowledged in the online space because it's like, oh, well, we're behind a screen. Like we're not Mm -hmm. actually in the same room. That doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. words, images, they're conduits for energy Mm -hmm. and people can sense that when they read, when they see, when they consume, you know, what you have put out there. And I think that's why that energetic piece is so important. And that's what creates that reciprocity. And that's what creates that connection is when you can be intentional about like, what energy are you infusing into what you're putting out there? And that's such a healing way of looking at it. I think another thing that you said earlier that really stood out to me was like, you referred to social media as a practice, which just lights me up. I love that the whole concept of practice and kind of approaching really all things as a practice. And I don't know how into astrology you are, but I'm a Virgo sun and perfectionism has been a huge crutch for me in my life. And so embracing the mentality of everything is a practice and like, there's really no such thing as a product has been so healing for me. And so hearing you kind of refer to social media as a practice, like just blew my mind wide open. I mean, that's, that's been a theme, this whole conversation, like Mm -hmm. just perpetual mind blown moments, but seeing social media as a practice. And, and the other thing you said too, was that marriage of devotion and discipline. Oh my God. Like, I want to get that tattooed on my forehead. (laughs) That whole concept is just, I think to me, it feels so revolutionary and so needed in this space. And it really relieves that pressure and that burden that comes with what you were kind of talking about, that really yang mentality around leadership, that triangle hierarchical Mm -hmm. kind of someone on the top and a bunch of people below Mm -hmm. and invites more of that yin kind of circular, cyclical, balanced and reciprocal. Did I already say that? (laughs) Yeah. Like reciprocity and like regenerative. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's just such a different energy, which just Mm -hmm. goes to show, you know, like Instagram itself, which is what I'm thinking of this whole time, Mm -hmm. because that's my main social platform. Like Instagram might not change, but the relationship, like you were saying, can be totally different when you come to it as a practice, when you marry that devotion and discipline, when you kind of dismantle that hierarchical pressure and allow it to be reciprocal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few things that you said that were kind of coming to mind is one, it is a practice. And I think that this is kind of like something that I started approaching and I can kind of, I guess, go into like what that practice looks like for me. First, that idea came through because I had to realize that I'm not a product of performance and it felt like, felt like every time that I was doing something in my life, I was like, this would be good for Instagram content so I could like lead them into marketing. And it just was like, my whole life feels like this performance to market myself and like, just felt very draining. I was like, where is my life? You know, why, like I'm living my life to market for my business. Like, like that doesn't feel good to me. 
felt like every practice, like some of those pra- like my embodiment practices or like, you know, when I would do like Oracle cards or whatever it is, it was like, you know, I'm like, always had my Instagram out and I wasn't in my practice. Like I, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It felt like it was just like very, the lines are blurry. Um, and also it felt like I was like in constant performance, um, because of this identity that I had built of like, this is who I need to be in order to be a leader and for my Instagram following, because I need to be validated and loved and have this codependent relationship with my followers and, you know, it's like a hot and cold relationship where like when people were loving my stuff, I was like, yay, woohoo, I love everything. And then when people were not responding, I was like, no one likes my stuff. I just go into a spiral. And now it's like, it's very neutral and it's a lot healthier. And my stuff actually performs better because there's like this non-attachment to it, um, mm-hmm. or it's like a very sacred expression of practice. So for me, what this looks like, When I am like writing a post, um, the thing is some of the posts are short and sweet and it's like one line captions. Not every single caption needs to be profound. Some of it can be for you. Like, for example, this isn't going to be relevant to everyone because I know not everyone is a poet, but I really wanted to share my poetry on my Instagram, but I was like, oh, this doesn't go with my business aesthetic. Um, And, you know, it's funny is that I started sharing my poetry and people were like, I love your poetry. And it would lead to a conversation and then it would lead to a relationship. And then a month later they would hire me. Not everything is the way that we, you know, and it led to, or like, this was, this would, this is another funny example. I found this one really funny. I think I was like celebrate. It had nothing to do with my business. Obviously it was like, I think there's an importance of showing behind the scenes, but I think I was showing a picture of like, I've been intentionally gaining more weight this year. And I think I was like showing a picture of like my booty growth and someone was like commented or like messaged me. And we had this whole conversation about my butt. And she's like, I'd actually love to hire you. And I was like, that's, it doesn't, <laughs> it's like the funniest way I've ever had a client come to me. That's but amazing. A, I know. I love that. I, w- I was like, that's so funny. It, yeah. It was one of my favorite favorite little like evidences is like not every post needs to be profound. Cause I think sometimes there's this pressure for it to perform and be a certain way. And for me that practices, how can I bring more artistry? So that's kind of what I was getting to is, and I think I mentioned it before is like, when I think of art, it doesn't necessarily people create, create all kinds of art. There is like, people can buy pictures of like, painted bananas that can go for like $50,000. I like not necessarily my cup of tea or like the the strangest things. Right. Or like, and that's someone's, someone loves that and someone will buy that art. So it's not like there's anything wrong or good. And it kind of takes the pressure off of like, there's an artistry to how I approach my Instagram does this feel good? What's the, you know, what is the medicine that, how does it want to be channeled through today? Um, again, those questions of what am I coming onto this app for? Is there actually something that this app can give me in this moment? Or am I just coming on here to numb myself? Um, really being intentional around like, I'm wanting to connect, like want to spend like 30 minutes to connect with people and actually leave meaningful comments, not to gain anything, not even, yes, it's a strategy, but actually just generally, because I really want to know what's going on with, you know, on with my followers or what's going on with people. And when I'm posting, um, I think of every post like a prayer, you know, 
I like yeah. really, when I'm posting, I like, I will sit and I'm like, this is who it's going out to. And I will, like, I'll say an internal prayer of like, this is, you know, I really want it to find the souls that are meant to give this because it's, there's something to be said. It's like, there's a gift in what we're sharing. So of course we're wanting to be seen. And then overall, I think just, I think a lot of it is that I practice a lot of it is internal, like shifting our relationship, shifting the way yeah. we're approaching things, asking ourselves those questions, not making it wrong or right. It's the, it's all the stance of what's everything that you've learned about social media and marketing that doesn't actually feel healthy and kind mm-hmm. of taking inventory of that. And then you can kind of start working backwards. And that's how I started. I took a year and a half off and I don't recommend necessarily doing that. And that's why I kind of do the work that I do today. Cause I'm like, you don't need to take a year and a half off. I just had to, to actually get to a place where I found it really healthy because like you said, it's like, I don't think that it's ever going to change necessarily in the near future where Instagram is just like not a thing that we use for marketing. I know that there's kind of in an innovative phase in the industry right now where people are looking at other avenues, but um, I think Instagram is here to stay for a while. And a lot of us use it as a main platform that our Facebook or an email marketing is a whole other game. But I've been thinking about Instagram the whole time that I've been saying this and there's an artistry to it. And if you think about it, when Instagram first started, the app was just about sharing, you know, sharing moments, sharing art. Um, not necessarily that it, you know, we're bringing that randomized just energy back into our posts right now, but there's an artistry to how we can post. And it's about learning that artistry around what that makes in ourselves. So I know that wasn't as probably tangible, but I think a lot of it is that like internal practice around shifting our mindset, shifting the embodiment, looking at also those kind of like sneaky things around like, I've had to ask myself that a lot around like, am I posting this for validation or like even in my marketing, like am I using manipulation tactics here? You know, like what are the just having really honest conversations? Um, And that practice is going to look like for everyone. But I think the first step is taking inventory of where it doesn't feel good. Because I think that that'll start kind of helping you. Yeah, see see the overall picture of how the app is being used. Because I think a lot of us just like curse the app. The app is just an app. Right. It really is just an app um, that obviously people have created, but it's not real. It's not living. It's not breathing. People have created it to maybe be addicting and for it to, you know, mess with our nervous systems. Um, But the app itself is just technology and can we use technology instead of it allowing it to use us and I think that's the practice of am I using this app or is it using me in this moment totally and yeah I mean I I feel so called out in the best way by this whole conversation (laughs) because I'm like I'm someone who is regularly like oh I hate Instagram and it's like do I actually though? Cause that's, that's not the truth of the matter. I've had a lot of really beautiful relationships happen as a result of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that is something that kind of like on the day to day, I feel like gets buried underneath all of the pressure and all of the toxicity that comes from being unintentional about like my relationship with the app and my practice with the app. And I think it all kind of goes back to what you were talking about around, like there's a difference between being visible and being Mm -hmm. seen. And in order to understand 
or in order to like truly be seen, you have to understand what it is you're putting out there to be seen, which starts with you. And this is actually something uh, that going back to something you were talking about earlier around a lot of people in the spiritual space kind of growing up were the black sheep. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about how a lot of times, you know, we didn't feel seen. And that I think is totally true. And I also think there's another layer to that. And I know for me, like this immediately came up where it's like being seen was dangerous. Like Mm -hmm. if you were seen in your truth, that had negative backlash Mm -hmm. in an extreme way. And I think that's another common theme with people kind of in the spiritual space. And I'm now kind of throughout this conversation thinking about like, how is that impacting my social media practice and my relationship with the app? Like, do I understand, do I feel safe to be seen? Mm -hmm. And am I allowing that to come forward? Because if not, how can I connect truly? And how can I create a space using my social platform where others feel safe to connect with me? If I'm not even sure if I'm safe to be seen in that way. Like it, it all starts with that internal aspect. That's the foundation, which I just, again, I know I've said this a million times, but it's just so huge. Oh, so huge. Yeah. It's, you know, that's when I kind of like to do somatic work. I do when I'm not wanting to be seen. It's like, yeah, what part of my expression am I still hiding? I have that like where I really like to hide. Um, or that's a pattern that I I've really worked through is like it's funny because I I feel like actually when a lot of people see me on my social media platforms I you know get a lot of reflection of like you're someone that's very very expressive and like it's been and also there's a big part of me that is really like to hide too and in a somatic way that I've approached this is um, how does this show up in my body? So if anyone's like unfamiliar with somatics, uh, just kind of like a little brief run through, like a little practice, and then maybe actually taking this to action so they can, you know, apply this to their social, obviously all with a caveat of all of it's feeling safe. You don't want to like re-traumatize yourself. So uh, what I usually do is I will, you know, start standing or sitting. I think standing is really helpful when it comes to somatic work, because I know when, my body wants to hide. It's like, I'm going to curl into a ball and get really, really small. So um, you're going to go through this practice a little bit more slowly than the way that I'm addressing it, but I'll take a breath. Um, I'll close my eyes if that feels safe. If you have a lot of trauma, not closing your eyes is not always safe and applicable, which is important to know. And you can ask yourself that question of, what are the ways that I'm not allowing my medicine to be seen on social media? And notice the sensations that come up. Notice the temperatures that come up in your body. Is it scratchy? Is it itchy? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it in your left elbow? Is it in the back of your neck? Um, Just notice and be with those moments. See if your breath can take you there for a duration that feels safe enough. And then breathe back into a neutral space in your body. And then you can ask yourself, um, what are these ways that my body wants to express this way of hiding? And it might want to like actually go into like a ball, like and see the ways that this shows up in your body. And what this is doing is giving yourself the somatic space to express it rather than like 
hardening and freezing. Cause I think what often happens when a freeze happens and people don't want to show up as we, yeah, we like we freeze. So then we don't show up and if we don't have room to express this energy, this kind of just like carries on with us throughout the you know days or weeks or however long you're in a freeze response. And then you can start asking yourself, you know, how would it look in my body for me to express myself and actually like allow your, like allow your body to move. That might be like opening up into big spaces or letting out a sound. Sounding is really important when it comes to, especially with self-expression, like how can you really breathe, especially into like your root chakra and your womb or any of the lower chakras? Because a lot of the times we write content from our head and writing copy from the body, like especially like our hearts and our like root, um, the copy is so much better. Mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times where we stop writing, you know, and I'm sure as a copywriter, it's like, you're because you're really getting into the itty gritty medicine of things instead of like right. thinking of it. So yeah, start like playing around with actually how this shows up in your body. And I found that this can be really supportive. Um, cause it's then you're becoming more embodied in you and like to kind of circle back is then you can feel yourself more and then people can feel you more. And then also like sometimes when we're just journaling out these things or just like trying to mindset our way out of these things, our bodies are still in trauma from years ago, but that somatic, if we want to move in a different way in life, we need to figure out new ways to move in our body. So it's, yeah, it's about taking that time to actually be with ourselves. So that's something that's always helped me when I like, when I feel like hiding or like, I'm going to give myself a 10 minute timer um, for my inner child to hide and I'll be in fetal position or I'll like, you know, allow my body to express the way that it wants to hide. So the need is heard, it's expressed, but I'm not having to stay there for days on end, if that makes sense. Damn, totally. That's so amazing. And honestly, that just opens up like a whole other rabbit hole that I want to dive down with you that I know today we'll have to do another one. We'll have to do another one. You'll have to come back on the show and we can dive all into kind of like this embodiment piece and the womb work and all of that. Cause I'm just, oh my gosh, I have so many questions, but that I think is such a beautiful, tangible practice. I know I'm going to be taking that with me and working on that because that I think that is so, it's just so true. I've, I've been someone that's been very kind of in the headspace. I'm, you know, very kind of mind dominant. There's been a lot of physical trauma in my life. And so the last couple of years, I've been really trying to reconnect with the body and go through that somatic process. And I've come to this understanding that in many ways, you know, our, our body is as archetypal and symbolic as a tarot card, you know, as, as dreams, as any kind of visual symbol, our body is a physical symbol. And if we can use our body to express and move through what we're feeling, like that's literally what it means to feel your feelings, which I think is something we're so disconnected from societally nowadays. But I think when it comes to like social media and that the fear that can come up and that wanting to hide. And I love that that's the way that you said it. Cause I was like, Oh, yep. Huh, I'll raise my hand. Cause that's me. If you can move through that with your body and kind of allow yourself to express that and meet that need, it doesn't have to then expand into 
abandoning your social media practice and your platform and your medicine. You can give yourself what you need in your own body and then move through it from there, which is just so huge. So thank you so much for that practice. That's that's amazing. I didn't even have to ask for a <laughs> tangible practice from you because you just delivered it. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. I'm good. Yeah. It kind of was like, okay, this felt like it needed to be shared because it's a, it allows it to all be from a holistic approach. So if anyone tries that, definitely message me. Um, cause I like hearing about how that goes. Cause I often find when people do practices like that, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hell yes. And speaking of which, where can everyone find you and connect with you and absorb all of your magic on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. So Instagram is the main platform. It's I am Allison Canalis. Um, I'll spell out my name because I find people have a little trouble with it. Um, so it's just I am and then it's A-L-L-I-S-O-N and then C A N. A-L-E-S. And obviously you'll have it linked down below. I will. It will be written in the show notes Mm -hmm. and available for everyone, but everyone go and connect with Allison and absorb all of her magic because I, this is just a taste test and I can't (laughs) wait to have you back on the show to go into more of your magic. This has been so incredible. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of this with us. Mm, Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I feel very lit up from this conversation. Oh, likewise. True soul medicine. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. Seriously, how amazing was that conversation? I am so here for Allison's approach to marketing, to social media. There is just something so refreshing about really approaching social media and marketing as a sacred practice. I mean, even just saying that feels so good. And it really shows us that there is an opportunity to do this whole social media thing as a solopreneur without feeling drained, without feeling pressured, without feeling like we have to show up in a way that isn't true to what feels good for us. It can feel aligned. So I really hope this episode helped you just revamp your mindset, revamp your approach, revamp your relationship with social media and how you use it as a platform and as a tool to support your expression of your unique medicine into this world. Of course, make sure to connect with Allison on Instagram. All of her information is down in the show notes and both of us would love to hear your thoughts. So drop us a line leave us a comment, reach out in the DMs. We would love to hear the aha moments that you had moving through this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And as always, I can't wait for next time. I hope you have an absolutely amazing rest of your weekend and I love you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today for this adventure into the realm of cosmic consciousness. I'm infinitely stoked and eternally grateful to have you by my side on this journey. If you valued this episode, make sure you subscribe and stick around for more magic. And if you want to cultivate some extra good karma, go ahead and write a five-star review or share this episode so that other modern mystics can find their way home to us. I can't wait to connect with you again tomorrow. 
Now go get them, you infinitely powerful being you. <laughs> <laughs>